Jason here with uh, it's weird getting in radio mode when somebody's watching me for some reason. I, I have a problem with this every time. But uh, it's a table for one dumb boy. Yes. I'm here with Nick Gotten. Hello. We're hungover as fuck. Very much so. We're better now though. I'm I'm sl- I'm better than I was a bit ago. We we attempted to record this podcast last night very problematic we decided to get as drunk as we possibly could as drunk as i've been in a long time with narado i think nick is gonna i don't know if nick's gonna use any of it at all there's some stuff that could be used but there's a bit it's two hours long yeah and it's just a a lot problem mostly me uh saying some pretty uh I won't say problematic, just shit that like I don't want people to know about me <laughs> that I've only told y'all. True. I bared my soul, basically. I'm I'm pretty open about uh, how awful I am as a human being, and still I remember things that I said last night that I was like, that was dumb. I shouldn't have said that. Like I'm I'm very. <laughs> I'm very, That's how bad it got. <laughs> yeah, I I talk so much shit about me and all the dumb things that I've done, but like still I was like, ooh. Even like there were certain things that I'm like, eh, that can't, that can't see the light of day. Well, that's why I definitely wanted to talk to you because I mean, is yeah. there anything in mind that you want to talk about that like? Because you have some really uh, people that if you don't know Nick, he's he has some very interesting uh, stories with women. Explain <laughs> like, I don't want to sound like a dick. I asked you this on the podcast. I was just like, but what made you this way? Yeah, you explained it. It's very interesting. I think. So I think my my entire life, I grew up in Mississippi in a trailer, and uh, I definitely have some self esteem issues that uh, that still kind of haunt me to this day. Um, I was fat my whole life. I got up to like three hundred and forty pounds. I got married really young. I got married when I was uh, like twenty, and uh, had a kid. And I and I love my kid's mom. Like she's a sweet person. Uh, but I knew that like we weren't necessarily. Um, I, I knew even before the marriage that we weren't necessarily going to be the perfect kind of couple. But I just didn't think I was ever going to be happy anyway. She liked me a lot, and so uh, I just I like I dove head I dove headfirst into this relationship that I was too young to actually be doing, and no one like told me like don't do that. It was just like yeah, you live in Mississippi. That's what you do. Yeah, this is how life is. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think I would ever find any type of happiness. I didn't think that I would ever get any type. Like, this was the first girl who ever liked me. And I was like, I guess that we're doing this. You got to like, you got to keep her. Yeah. And so I got a little older and uh, I was probably around 25 when I, I decided to start trying to lose weight. I, I, I just assumed I was always going to be fat and that I was just like that. And, uh, I lost 140 pounds. I got into pretty decent shape, and it's uh, it's been a situation where I'm so I've got like five years under my belt of looking like a semi decent human being now, <laughs> and I missed out on all of the um, basically the, the practice run, the, like when you're a teenager. And you start learning to talk to girls. Like, yeah. that's what my life is now. You started in your mid-20s doing it, basically. Yeah, I'm talking to grown-ass women who have lived a whole life of, like, guys hitting on them. And shit. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, here's some flowers. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who gives people flowers? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to go to prom? And they're like, we're 28, Nick. What the fuck <laughs> exactly. are you doing right now? We could do this. Let's fucking go to prom. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking 28-year-old women to just go crash a prom with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm signing up for those weird, like, adult proms that I, I don't know who goes Are those to. real? Yeah, there are adult proms. Oh, I know what kind of people fucking go to those. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of them are people that are, uh, frankly, um, I don't know what the word is besides pathetic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That, so, that whole thing. I haven't actually uh, been to one, full disclosure. It just, I, I just feel like that's my, uh, I don't know. So it's, it's been a weird situation, and it's gotten me into some of the, I, I think a lot of my comedian friends and just a lot of my real life friends as well um, uh, are perplexed and amused and amazed by some of my dating stories because... You have some good ones. I, I, I've lived a life of... Uh, of Heart heartbreak and uh, you've and had your fucking shit pulled out and stomped on. True, a couple times. Couple I've, times I've known you a while now, and it's yeah. you've you've had some. 
that's a tough thing to go through. You know, I just went through a breakup recently too. It's 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 really like doesn't matter who you are. It's it's fucking hard. It's yeah. it sucks. And and in between sort of those, uh, as I as I navigate like the actual relationships that I'm in, I see other women, and I tend to pull women who are very um, fucked up. I, yeah, I, emotionally I, uh, damaged goods. Yeah, because I think they see it in me too, and there's just like a weird uh, magnetism. Um, I, I've only probably ever uh, dated one girl who was who had her shit together while we were together, mm-hmm. and that was a good relationship. But uh, other than that, every girl that I've been with, probably post 2012 ish, has been fucked up in one way or another at that time that I was with them. Like. And so, uh, we, we got into, I feel like you could probably use the God box story that we talked about last night. Like that was one of them. Like actually tell that again, Okay. because that, that shit is fucking insane to me. All right. It does help to have Nerado here to cause it's like his favorite thing. He's, it's like a fucking kid in a candy store when you tell that story, but it's for good reason. This is the, this is one of my favorite stories. All right. I'll go over, I'll go over like my top three. I guess most fucked up uh, relation, like not even relationship, just like girls that I was with, and these are these are girls that I hooked up with. That not that I wasn't interested in them, but like when certain stuff comes out, you're just like Jesus Christ. What well, no, that? I, I want to clarify. Like I know you, Nick. Uh, yeah. You're. Uh, I mean, I think anybody's listening to this from what you just said about yourself. It's not like you're just some fucking disgusting pervert, ladies right. man. I mean. Maybe in to some degree, but who isn't? But it's also like you're not like a pickup artist guy. You're just no. you're just a guy like that has this uh, confidence all of a sudden after you lost all this weight, and you're like you're using it to your advantage, you know. And uh, yes, it's hard to find somebody to uh, click with. I think that's what your ultimate goal, goal is. It seems like I'm I'm always like I'm I never go into anything with any girl with the intention of like I'm going to have sex with them and then it hurt them like you yeah. don't yeah it seems like you're you're yeah anybody anybody that I get with like I'm interested in them and then like something happens and I'm just like oh god like this is this person's this is another fucked up person and so yeah all right Godbox was I did a show in Huntsville Alabama uh, back when I still lived in Alabama um, and I. I met this girl at a show. We started flirting. We started texting. Um, she was actually supposed to meet me in Birmingham because I didn't want to fucking go back to Huntsville for any reason ever. No, Huntsville's fine. Uh, uh, well, the, the stand-up, <laughs> doing stand-up there is fun, but yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy this whole Huntsville's better than Birmingham bullshit. No, uh, it, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's, Birmingham's a better city without question. There was definitely more stuff that we could have done in Birmingham, and she wanted to come to Birmingham, and so... But the fair was in town, and she wanted to go to the fair. She was like, instead of me coming to Birmingham, I really want to go to this fair. Will you come out and, and meet me at the fair? I'm like, all right, cool. So I was working night shift at the time. I was working at a 911, at a 911 call center. And I told her I worked night shift and that I would get there just as early as I could. So I woke up at about 3 uh, p.m., and I text her, hey, just got up, about to get some food, get in the shower. I'll pick you up around seven because it was like a two-hour drive. Yeah, and uh, she was like, "I would have thought that you were on your way already." And I'm like, "Again, I work night shift. Sorry. Like, I'll I'll get there as soon as I can." And she was like, "She kind of like sent me like a whatever." And I was like, "Jesus! Like, do I just need to can't like? Yeah. What is this about? Why is she so angry?" And so I showed up anyway. We went to the fair. Uh, it was nice. We. We uh, rode the Ferris wheel. There was this weird... Uh, she milked a cow. That was fucking... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they had like a petting zoo where we you We sucked like, on the cow's udder. It was very fucking romantic. I was like, I'm going to do this to you later. And she started fucking licking the goddamn udder. That would have been... That would have... Would that have turned you on? I don't know, but I'm I don't willing, think it would have. I'm willing to Nick. find out. I'm willing to find out. Sucking a cow's udder. Think about really being in that situation. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can't truly know until it happens. <laughs> So and when it does, you'll know. If like any of you ladies want to fillet an udder in front of me, uh, I, I'll check it out. <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm you willing know. to look. Uh, so <laughs> it was a petting zoo where you could milk a cow. So she like milk. She's like, I've always wanted to milk a cow. I should have just left then. I don't yeah, know. it's like this is my number one dream. So we kept uh, 
we we rode all the rides. We got on the Ferris wheel, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just how we, nonchalantly you're just like, yeah, we're a Ferris. She milked a cow. Like it's just <laughs> I'm not over it yet. But yeah, anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. So she, um, we had this moment where we reached the crescent, the top of the Ferris wheel, and I'd made a joke, and we both laughed. And then we stopped laughing at the same time, right as the Ferris wheel stopped at the top. And we were like looking at each other. And it felt like a moment where you kiss someone. Like in the, in the movies, like if this was a John Cusack movie. This is where, yeah. This is where they kiss for the first time. But we didn't. We kind of just like blushed and looked away and rode the Ferris wheel on down. And we left soon after that. She invited me back to her place. We opened up a bottle of wine. Uh, we started drinking the wine. We finished the bottle of wine. And at a certain point, I said, well, this has been a nice first date. And she was like, oh, was it a date? She did, the, did this whole, like, coy thing. I was it's like, like I think yes, it's like, a I, date. I think it's a date. If I bought your dinner, that was the corn dog. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, called, that's an Alabama dinner. Absolutely. And uh, if I paid your way into the fair and I bought your dinner, the corn dog, and we even had a, a, a nice little first date moment. And she was like, what? And I was like, what do you think it was? She was like, on the Ferris wheel? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I couldn't tell if I was, if I should have kissed you there. And she was like, I guess you'll never know. And I was like, maybe Fuck. I should do it now. And she's like, maybe you should. This is so, corny as shit, but like, I it, mean, it happens. <laughs> it's, it's, it happened and it was nice and we started kissing and like, she was really cute and nice. she had her shit together. She like had a great job. And I was like, oh, I just come out of a really, really, really bad breakup at that time. And mm-hmm. this was like, I was like, oh, I, I could dig this girl. And so we start making out. And it gets hot and heavy, and I picked her up like a fucking caveman and took her into her room and laid her down on the bed. We started getting naked. I started doing uh, uh, mouth things to her. You ate her <laughs> pussy. Yep. <laughs> yes. Let me, allow me. So I, I did that. She's enjoying it. And then I come up and uh, begin to uh, insert myself. We start having sex. And we get about like four seconds into sex and she stopped me like with a panic. She's like, wait, 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 wait. I can't do this. I can't have sex with you. And I'm like, why? What, what, what is going on? Like, we're already there. Like, what's happening? Yeah. And she said, I put you in the God box. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't know what you're saying. She said, I put you in the God box. I'm like, I heard what you said. I don't know what the I don't know what that, that is. is. And so she Let gets- me repeat. The God box, you know, that fucking thing. Yeah. So she gets out of bed and like marches over to her big walk-in closet and pulls out a giant shoebox filled with letters to God and opens it and hands me the top letter, which she had written about me earlier that day after we got off the phone where I said I was going to be late. And it was like, dear God, really excited about my date with Birmingham comedy guy tonight, but I feel like he's intentionally making himself later than intended so that I'll invite him to stay over and I'm I don't want to have sex with him and give off the impression that I'm that type of girl so with your strength lord I will not have sex with him tonight and holy shit I was uh I was very This story concerned. is like fresh every time I fucking hear it Yeah I just I don't know what about going on a first date like I don't know what would uh motivate one to write a letter to God about a guy you've never gone on a date with about how you, <laughs> you need his strength not to have sex with him. Like, just, just don't, like, do, don't or do don't. it or do it. Like, whatever you want to do. But it's not going to make me think more or less of you as a woman. Like, if I'm interested in you, that we do have sex. What is, is if you write a crazy rambling letter to the Almighty <laughs> about how you're not going to have sex with me. And then kind of do have sex with me and then show me the letter that you wrote to God. Like, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. And who hasn't had that happen? You know? uh, yeah. It's pretty common. So, <laughs> the God box. You know? And I, te- the, the, I went home that night. I mean, once you're, once you're cock blocked by Jesus, there's no real <laughs> coming back from that. So. <laughs> And I tell that story, and I think people are like, oh, you know, that's kind of a, I, I think some people, some people think it's just a funny story, and some people are like, well, that's kind of shitbaggy, Nick. Like, you know, this girl was into you and whatever. I don't think it's shitbaggy at all. I think that's fucking weird. It, it is. But some people are like, well, she liked you, and she didn't want to blah, 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 blah. Sure, I, I, I understand that part, too. I just, 
<laughs> I actually went on another date with her though. We, I, I don't tell people that part. <laughs> How did that go? Did you get put in the god box again, or did it? Did she burn that one? We went and I went back to Huntsville. She didn't even come to Birmingham. Like, what? You ate her pussy, right? Yeah. It's okay. So the god box thing's thrown out the fucking window, no matter what I think. In a strange way, so like this was what was weird. After that happened, like she let me do that more. We just couldn't have sex. Oh, of course she did. I, I guess <laughs> she drew the line at actual. Uh, uh, Who wouldn't? You know, it's like free fucking head. Yeah. I guess, but like, yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I can't begin to understand. Like, we just kind of fooled around a little bit longer, and then I went home, and then so like. We talked more, and she was like, yeah, you know, I think maybe that's more of a second date thing for us, like actual intercourse. And I'm like, all right, so we went on another date, and we just kind of weren't feeling it. I, I think both of us, like, we couldn't find anything to talk about. The God Box thing made it weird. There was a giant God Box cloud hanging over our head. Yeah, that, that, let's just go ahead and just say that's probably a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there was just so much. I'm, I'm not a super deeply religious person myself, so if the girl that I'm with is, like, stri- putting pen to paper... Yeah, like, writing to God. Like, it's not even enough to just, like, talk to him or pray. Like, she's got, I, I've got, I've got to keep these. I'm yeah. hoarding letters to God. I don't know. So... And I don't, like... I, I want to clarify, too. Like, I, I don't know what I believe. I guess I, I don't even associate like classify myself as anything really because i don't dwell on it much but i do respect people's beliefs like michael mccall was talking about this to me last night even he's just like some people like him for example have had things happen to him where it's like he can only chalk it up to there is a god there has to be and i think that's fun uh i'm not ricky gervais over here the weird part is everything else this fucking girl did with the box and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if you want to write letters to God, fine. Uh, I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. Something about this, though, just, just strikes me as very fucking odd. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it just was a poor fit overall, and it, it turned into a <laughs> very strange, poor fit. strange story. Um, I, I actually grew up really religious. I don't. Same here. I grew up, uh, I even went, I went to like a Bible college for two weeks in Missouri. Oh. And like I was going to be a reverend. Huh. And. Uh, I did not fucking know that. Yeah. I, I, I think I had like blocked it. I just like remembered that this happened. Like this was the weird chapter of my life that I was talking about where I was like, I was fat. I think that was actually my first. You were going to be a reverend. That's just, I'm picturing this and this is uh, 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 like fat Nick. Yeah. As a preacher. Yeah, that that makes me laugh. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm a good public speaker. Like obviously I do stand up comedy now, and I think this was like my early. This was probably like my. This was probably me wanting to be on stage and talk to people and like captivate an audience. Yeah. But growing up in a trailer in Mississippi, it was like, oh, to do that I have to be a preacher. Like yeah, yeah. Stand up comedy wasn't a thing, and I wasn't gonna go out and like make jokes because I, I don't know like it. I guess it made more sense to me at that time to stand on stage and preach things. I have a joke about it. It's actually true that like I was so religious that I was uh, I was captivated by cults. I would be worried that that each cult that popped up, like there was this weird cult when I was a kid, uh, where they believed that a UFO was behind a comet. Yeah, and they all had to kill themselves while this comet was in the sky. So that they could ascend into the UFO. It was like, the guy's name was like Major Applegate or some shit like that. And I I remember (laughs) thinking like, fuck, what if he's right? Like, I I might need to kill myself so that I can get into heaven. (laughs) That's because if this guy's right, I'm going to miss out. Like I, every cult, I was like, shit, if I don't dress in all white and move to Arizona and suck off a 67-year-old megalomaniac, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to burn for all of eternity. Like, this guy might be right. It's Religion fucked with me in a lot of weird ways. So I, I think at a certain point, I kind of grew out of almost everything. And it was just like, I, I don't know. There's probably, I, there might be something. I don't know, but... I'm not going to live my life by it because so many people have so many different beliefs up until the point that they're killing themselves because of UFOs behind it. Right. So, I got, yeah, I grew up Southern Baptist and it just, uh, being around that, 
it just wasn't for me. It soured me on it. A lot of the hypocrisy and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you see that firsthand when you're involved in a church. I remember the moment I decided I didn't believe in God. There was, I, it was a time where I was like, God is not fucking real. I was like an annoying atheist um, for a while when I was younger. I remember when I was in middle school, there was this girl like I fucking was in love with. And she like felt the same about me. Then she changed her mind and wanted to date my friend, my best mm. friend. Mm. And um, I remember just being like, God's not real. And it's still funny that's that was the turning point is mm. that thing. But then it just stuck with me. I'm like, yep, yeah, you know, it's okay to not be involved in this shit. Yeah. Um, I was worried. I was just worried about what people would think about me within the church. Mm. And it doesn't matter. Uh, they don't care. And I don't even think about those fucking people anymore. Yeah. You know, it's 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 insane, like, how you grow out of that. I, uh, so this kind of ties both of the themes that we've talked about so far into one nice story. Like, when I, when I still lived in Birmingham, for anybody that doesn't know or know me, like, I live in Columbus, Ohio now. I moved uh, from Birmingham to Columbus about two years ago. Uh, I was engaged to a girl and uh, didn't, didn't, didn't work out, but I'm still in, uh, in Ohio making things happen or whatever. Yeah. I come back down here to visit whatnot, uh, all my people. And... Um, while I was living in Birmingham, I matched with a girl on Tinder, and she was really cute, super cute girl. Uh, we went to Tzatziki's and uh, had, we were, I don't know, we were just eating Tzatziki's and shit. And then, so she asked me about Classic. myself. I did the whole spiel. Uh, do, I do comedy, I'm blah, 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 blah. I, do the, I, I work at 911, et cetera. And then I was like, all right, well, tell me about yourself. And she said, I'm, I'm fourth generation Wiccan. Uh, my grandmother was the head witch over all of Germany, but was kicked out of Germany for denying the Holocaust. And I was like, well, like, do you believe in the Holocaust? And she was like, I think it's greatly exaggerated. And I'm like, okay, we're, 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 yeah, she's treading on, uh, we're not even treading, just straight out the gate, like, yeah. you're a Holocaust denier. A Wiccan Holocaust denier who uh, <laughs> was... <laughs> That she, just sunk in. She, uh, she then started telling me about, like, a, the aura of people. Like, she was like, I pick up on things. Like, I know people's life story. The couple in the corner over there, the guy is cheating on the woman. And the woman knows, but doesn't want to rock the boat. She still loves him and won't even bring up the fact that she knows that he's cheating on her because she loves him and wants to stay in this relationship. Well, it's like... You're just making that up. That's so oddly fucking specific. Like, what? Yeah, it's like, but it's specific because it's like, she wants you to think that, though. You know what I mean? She's like, she's like I'll make up this very elaborate thing about pe- these two people. Um, when you're a, a liar like that, <laughs> you, you can embellish shit better than people that aren't uh, compulsive liars. So, And she could be fucking, she could be a fucking witch. I don't know. We, I, I've dated girls that, that I've dated girls that, um, um, are Wiccan, and I feel the same way about that as I do with other religion. Like, if yeah. that's if that that's your thing, that's fine. It doesn't offend me. Uh, but when you start being a Wiccan Holocaust denier, I'm not. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, you can the, fuck yourself, honestly. When, I don't think I don't think the Wiccan thing would have been a hard pass for me. I don't nah, that, that, that actually kind of a turn on, to be honest. Yeah. If I'm if I'm telling being completely, which just seem like they'd be good in bed. Like even if they they are. Yeah, I I would have to imagine so. Uh, but yeah, the, they the Holocaust are. thing is not. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able. Holocaust deniers are great in bed. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. Okay. I don't know this. Uh, if you ever get a Holocaust denier to suck a cow's udder, I bet it would be the best. Like, they would have the best <laughs> sex that you've ever. You, 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 you would explode immediately. You need a Holocaust denying witch who gets all of her powers from sucking, sucking cow's udder. Sucking cow's udders. Yeah, be great. Yeah. Uh, so, we, uh, yeah, I didn't talk to her again after that. In a weird way, like, Facebook's fucked up algorithm like brought her in the people you may know thing and it didn't even say that we had mutual friends that shit's weird this was like four years after our date i'm like Gee, i recognize that's this girl that's very crazy specific. which holocaust denier it's getting scary with that shit it is 
And I was like, I wonder what she's up to. Like, is she going to like Trump rallies now? Like, what the fuck's going on? So like, yeah. I clicked her, and she was married and had like a bunch of pictures with her husband, who was like a, a flannel guy. He had a shotgun. He had a bunch of pictures with like shotgun. <laughs> Those are cool. Flicking the camera off. Yeah, I was like, ah, I didn't see that coming up. Yeah, she she was going through a phase. It sounds like. I think that she just kind of bounces around. Well, I mean, we've all been through the Holocaust denied phase. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't yeah. been there? Yes. Uh, uh, so uh, that was one. that um, In Columbus, I, I dated a girl. We went on like three or four dates uh, where she revealed at a certain point that uh, she was a sex offender, which... What? Yeah, so... I was at a bar, and uh, people at the bar had recognized me from doing a show. Yeah. And started talking to me about comedy, and her ears, like, you know, lit up. She's like, oh, comedian, okay. So she starts talking to me. I uh, made her laugh a little bit. She, um, I I do a joke about it. The joke isn't true to life, what happened. What happened is she, she passed me her phone number. We started texting. We went out one night. We vibed pretty well, and, uh... And she told me that she was a, a teacher and had had sex with one of her students. And Oh, she's like a Mary Kay Letourneau type. Yeah. Would you say the kid's a lucky kid to have had her? Um, <laughs> That's when you tread on some fucking <laughs> let's edit this out territory. No, I mean, so there, there's, there's rules of thought about this. And also in the joke, I, I, for whatever reason, I guess... It lends itself to my joke for it to be funnier that he was 17, but in actuality, he was like he was an adult. He was an 18-year-old oh. kid. Oh, but because he was a student and that. he was her student in the state of Ohio, it's still a felony. She that's, still got fired. That's. I mean, maybe she should get fired. Sure, sure. I understand that, but a felony for somebody yeah. that is illegal age. I, I I wouldn't do it personally, but. That's a weird, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like a weird law that, like, how could she know that? Oh, uh, the teachers are very aware. I mean, I guess they do let them. She, she knew, um, and, and she talked about this. Like, she was married at the time, and she said she was um, miserable in her marriage, and uh, she was getting, I think she was probably like 34, 35 at the time. And she was like, what can I, she, I hated my job, I hated my marriage, and I thought, like, what can I do to burn all this down right now? And I'm like, eh, you could have just quit and got a divorce, I don't know. Yeah, but anything with that. I think in actuality, like, she was probably, she probably liked the idea of this kid coming on to her. Yeah. And so, like, they, they hooked up, and it wasn't like a hookup. They had a uh, long affair, like... A six they were in love affair yeah. and the day after i think it was the day after he graduated he reported her oh man so he like enjoyed Nark. the affair and kept going and then like reported her at the end and so she got fired she had to do jail time what a fucking narc yeah so i mean it is a weird moral thing where like the kid is the kid's an adult mm-hmm. and um it's strange because she's in a position of power, and that's that's why Ohio made it a felony. If uh, if you're a teacher, even if they're an adult, because you're put in a position of power and respect, and you, you're they feel like you're manipulating this student. So yeah, I mean, in a way, they also like fuck at the school, so that's problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a teacher that you would have fucked at your school? I can't think of it. I went to Mississippi Public School. Yeah, so no, then. No. It was, it was <laughs> slim no. pickings. Uh, there were a couple in elementary school, some of my elementary school teachers. Yeah. Elementary school teachers are hotter, it seems like. Yeah, that's, yeah. There was this teacher, Miss Alexander. Wait, like, you wanted to fuck them while you were in elementary school? No, no, like, later on, I was like, <laughs> they were hot. You're like eight-year-old rock and bone. You're like, don't even know what's going on. Like, <laughs> right. I've got to... Well, by elementary school, uh, it went from kindergarten to sixth grade. Mm. So, sixth grade, I mean, I was jerking off in sixth grade. Okay. That's when I found out about it. Uh, sixth, fifth or sixth grade. The evolution of masturbation is, 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 uh, is weird to me. Like, because I, I don't think I learned it from anyone. I didn't. I didn't. It. I found out. It was very weird how I found out. You go ahead, but I got to tell you how I did. 
I was, uh, I remember like getting an erection. I would always get erections and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Right. I got those as far back as Kate, like kindergarten even. Like, yeah. And, and I, I like, I knocked, I knocked like you would knock on a door on the top of my dick until like something happened. I'm like, Oh God, what was that? And like, yeah, yeah. for a while, that's how, that's how I'm at. Ma- you knocked really on your dick till you came. Knew, yeah. Maybe you're into some weird shit you don't know. I don't about. do it anymore. I, I should start back. Maybe I'll try that. That sounds something if threat- any of you ladies want to suck on a cow's udder while I knock on my dick to completion. Let's please, do it. You heard it here. Let me know. Well, uh, here's how I found out. Okay. It's weird how you find out like without somebody showing you or like looking yeah. at because uh, I was watching uh, some sh- like you were the Moulin Rouge video. Yeah. Yeah. It was on TRL. I'm sitting there. I was just mm-hmm. playing with my dick. Mm-hmm. And I came. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck was that? That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I'm doing that again. Yeah. I did it. And I went to school. And a couple other kids are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's weird when you all kind of are like, yeah, jerking off. Yeah, that's that. We do that already. And it's great. <laughs> I had to show my friend uh, how to do it. Like, not jerk them off. But, like, he... Mm-hmm. Uh, this is hilarious. We had hot dogs to eat for lunch at, at school uh-huh. that day, so I was like, "Here's how you do it." He was yeah. doing it so wrong too. Like he would make his uh, he would make his hand inside the uh, the O shape okay. to jerk off, but he he didn't grip on his penis. He did it to where it's like you could just put your hand through it like this. I, you can't see it now, but like it's very visual. He wouldn't get yeah he wouldn't get a grip on his penis, but he would like do it right except gripping it. You know okay. what I mean? To where it, like his his hand would grate the outside tips. Yeah. Of it. it would like graze the head of his penis till he okay. came. Which He's I'm just trying a toilet paper roll at this point. Yeah, like that, like exactly, and uh, it was, uh, and which I've done before, and it's an interesting way to do it. <laughs> uh, I've came that way for sure, but yeah, nice. it's weird. It's weird. I wonder how early kids nowadays figure out. How to, I bet you kindergartners are cranking it now. I, I think it's different for everyone. Like there's there's gonna be. I mean, kids do it. Like like toddlers do it. Yeah. Uh, and I I did it. I remember shit. Like, I'm remembering all these fucking stories that I think I blocked out. This was... That makes I, me wonder if some traumatic shit's happened to me I blocked oh, out. Yeah, I think, I think this is honestly some, some traumatic shit that happened to me. This is what got me so deep into religion. My parents weren't religious at all. Like, my, my mom never went to church. She would talk about Jesus sometimes, but she didn't really seem to give much of a shit during my childhood. Later yeah. in life, she became religious before she died she was trying to go to church same with my dad my dad never went to church and once i asked him like do you believe in jesus and he was very drunk so i don't know if this was real and he said he believed in reincarnation and he wanted to come back as a dog so (laughs) i remember that's when i was like i'm not religious yeah (laughs) no 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 so that's the greatest thing i've ever heard this, he this said, I'm is, not religious, but I do believe in reincarnation and hope I come back as a dog. Absolutely. That's what my... But so the only time either of my parents <laughs> ever brought up religion was when I was five years old because yeah. I was an awful kid. I mean, I was awful. I swore uh, my next door neighbor who was my aunt like used to like pick on me and she'd be like, you're a... You're an ugly little boy. Hey, what little the boy. fuck? That's yeah. awful. My, it, my, I have a weird family dynamic. That's so my, shitty. My aunt would like fuck with me, and she's like, "Hey, little boy, you sure are an ugly little boy." And like, she was like, "That's some like gummo shit." Laughing about it, and I like, she did it like three or four times, and finally, I turned around. I was like, "You're an ugly bitch, and your mom is an ugly fat bitch." <laughs> Way to go, man! You fucking roasted her. And she, <laughs> and she looked at my mom like. Do you hear your son? And my mom's like, stop fucking with him. Yeah, you're picking on my fucking kid. Fuck you. you and he's right. You're a yeah. fat, ugly bitch. Fuck you. So Who are you to fucking make fun of me? I was I was swearing. I uh, I sucked my first titty when I was four. Hell I yeah, dude. I tackled my cousin's friend. I still like her I don't even know her real name, but she went by Cricket. My cousin Crystal's friend Cricket was like 14, and like I tackled her and like was like filling her up. And oh, that sounds I, bad. I, yeah, no, I like, so, but obviously, like, she's a 14. Like, she could have knocked me away. Like, they all thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I, this is fucked up, and I haven't thought about this in years. Yeah, yeah it like, sounds like. <laughs> Cricket thought it was hilarious that I was, like, that a four-year-old was, like, tackling her and sucking her titty. Okay. And so I, 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 I realize now that she was 14, you're four. And, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I wasn't like tackling another kid my age. Like I was tackling yeah. a damn near grown adult girl who thought it was funny that yeah. this four-year-old wanted to fill her up and stuff. I don't know. I was a fucked up kid. And I would play with myself in, in the store. Uh, and my mom was rightfully embarrassed by this. We would go. <laughs> she was? Yeah. We would go. Now, look at this thing my kid does. Great. <laughs> We would be she comes all over the fucking shelf. It's adorable. When Dixie frozen food aisle, and I got my hand in my pants, like just playing with my dick. Cause like, all you know is that it feels good. Yeah. And so finally, like my mom in an effort to get me like <laughs> to stop swearing at strangers and playing with my dick and tackling teenage girls and filling them up told me <laughs> when you do those things, Jesus sees you. And yeah. I was like, what, who? And she was like, she explained that Jesus was a man who lived in the sky, who saw the bad things that you did. And if you were really bad, then you would go to hell. And I became super fucking religious after that. Yeah. It, That's like, a weird way to fucking, yeah. We never followed up on it. Like my mom never like, <laughs> took me to church or any, any of that. I don't know. It it's was just something she said when you were, you know, jerking off in the middle of Winn-Dixie. And I had, I remember this too. I had a... I had imaginary friends that were my my ancestors. Uh, there was they were make believe ancestors. They weren't real because there was like an Indian, and I'm not Indian at all, uh, and a fucking like colonial white guy who would give me snowballs to throw at the devil. So when I would think bad thoughts, my ancestors would give me snowballs to throw at the devil, and then it would get the bad thoughts away, and I was like sin free. It was real. Like my mom had to take me to a child psychologist because I was so into these fucking imaginary friends, and I don't know. I just had a lot going on. I think, yeah. as a kid. It's uh. You sound like you had a pretty fucked up childhood. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> I guess I never. It's weird. Like when you think about shit, you've like I believe in suppressed memories. Like there's shit you can block out completely, and like something that's a lot of people would remember, but you have blocked out intentionally. And it's just completely, pretty much erased from your memory. Uh, I don't know. Something happened to... There is a turning point for me somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I was molested or something. Like, I really don't. Like, uh, I would not be... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out I was molested and I just suppressed it or something. Yeah. Um, Because there was a turning point for me at some point where, like, I was a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. And then just all of a sudden... I was acting out, and my grades were dropping, and I just didn't give a fuck. And I was like, being a fucking dick. I was a dick kid, like, but it was like it was out of the blue all of a sudden. Right. And I'm wondering. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. No. Uh, uh, I'm completely fine with it. Um, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, or if it even think anything even happened. Right. But I did. You know, I went to it uh, uh, for most of my life. My, both of my parents worked during the day. I went. I was left in the care of like. Strangers pretty much at this daycare center, the Gar- Gardendale First Baptist Church, that mega church in Gardendale, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went there for like day camp for a large portion of my early like childhood. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, maybe a janitor like touched my cock or something and like it fucked with me or something. Could be. I don't know. Like, it's something that, I've always had this weird uh, thing with buttholes, like, where <laughs> I. I've come around on it. I like, like I, I like asshole. like an aversion to them. Like you're not no like I would not do anal with girls for a while. Okay, because I was afraid it would hurt them, and I didn't want to hurt. It was like mm. painful for me to think about that, and I yeah. was like, it's like such a strong aversion to it. Right. And was it gross out or anything? It was just like I don't want them to be in. That just seems so painful. Yeah. And I'm like, did my asshole get penetrated at some point or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd remember it, but I do believe in suppressed memories too. It's very fucked up to think about. I didn't mean to take a very dark turn, <laughs> but like, I mean, for all I know, it could have happened. And I mean, that's just the way it is. It's very true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that's not the cheapen anybody's experience either that has and remembers it. Sure. I just personally believe in suppressed memory and suppressing memories till they're erased. And that could have happened. I don't think it did, honestly, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like that's honestly my... It, it's it's a gift of mine, but it's probably my, my worst uh, curse as well, is that my memory is amazing. Like, I, re- I can vividly remember almost every interaction that I've ever had with anybody. God, and that must be nice. Well, I mean, to an extent. It's tough. Like, I can... It, it honestly makes... Uh, 
any any breakup that I have or any like bad oh, situation no. that I have with like uh, a, a family member, like if I've fallen out with someone that that it's I love or care about, gifted a curse. I will. I can remember if I went if I went out with a girl. Um, I can play back in my mind everything that we said to each other, exactly what she was wearing, what she looked like, like word for word conversations that I had with a girl six years ago. I I remember in my head like. That's definitely a gift and a curse. It makes with breakups, it, I bet it's a fucking nightmare. It's, it's nice because like you can remember. That's you remember the all the good shit. That's the shit I you know I don't remember want to remember that at, during breakups because it's more painful. Sure. Like you know you got somebody telling you just all these things like basically everything you want to hear like the sun uh, what rises and sets, yeah. Whatever the fucking saying is like to. To, to you or whatever. What the fuck does that say? It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you're told that and then this uh, complete 180 happens, whatever it may be. It makes you question your manhood. It makes you question what's wrong with you when truthfully it just doesn't work out. You can't make somebody... Uh, yeah. You can't make somebody... This is where I, I can deal with breakups a little bit better than a 16-year-old boy, I guess, could. Mm. Is uh, I just think about, like, you know... It's not me. I didn't do anything wrong. It's just you can't make somebody that doesn't want to be with you be with you. And that's fun. Yeah. You can't, you can't like everybody. You know what I mean? You can't be yeah. in love with everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's, I, I'm the, trailing off onto some weird shit. But. The, the luckiest of us get one. I always say this to right. people. It's like everything leading up to whatever your ultimate relationship is. Like if you end up meeting someone and loving them and growing old with them then everything that you had prior to that was really just uh, like a trial run. It, yeah. And, and all of us end up maybe getting one, and that's all you ever actually really get. Like everybody else, obviously it failed. So you're never going to end up, you know, forever with all of these people. It's just you, you had that moment with them. Uh, that was, honestly, that was a, it was a, it was a strange thing for me in that uh, I was probably probably the breakup like the first breakup that i ever had that like really crushed me it i was fucked up for a long time and i like, couldn't get over it and i couldn't think anything about it uh until i actually did lsd for the first time I was yeah at a halloween party and i did lsd and um it was it, it was so stupid because it was the same shit that everybody had told me, like the same cliche shit where they were like, people in your life are seasons. Like sometimes you just don't, like it doesn't work out. But while on LSD, I had this flashback memory of me with this girl in New Orleans and uh, the, like the first big vacation that we took together. And I remember thinking when we were in New Orleans together, when we were riding like... Um, uh, around in New Orleans and we went to dinner we loved each other I know that she loved me in that moment and yeah. I loved her and we were as in love as any two people have ever been in that moment Yeah. and it didn't last but we had that moment and we always will and she may hate me now probably does I don't know yeah. and like I certainly did some shit uh, to her in anger afterward you know just spiteful things Yeah. but after I did LSD for the first time that night, that, that was the night where I was able to let it go for some reason. I was able to say, I had a great thing with her. It was cool what we had. People can't take that away. And it happened. And there's nothing we can do about it now. And, and, I, and like, I woke up the next day and I haven't thought about it in a bad way since. I think that's what's great about uh, hallucinogens, like psychedelic, uh, like mushrooms and LSD is like, they can be used uh, for shit like that. And, like, for me, every time I've been going through some shit and I've taken mushrooms, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. Like, I can, uh, like you said, like, kind of just let it go. It helps, like, kind of push you in the right direction. It's not for everybody, but yeah, I think it's an overwhelmingly positive experience for me, especially mushrooms. Um, I mean, you know, like, you, there's annoying people that take them. And, sure. But, but yes. like, it's undeniable the experience you have on it uh, when, when done right is like uh just overwhelmingly positive like you just uh it's hard to explain sure i, I mean that's you talk about squeegee and your fucking third eye open and shit <laughs> sure whatever like yeah. there's different ways to put it but um it's just you just gotta try it and it, it does help cope with shit like that i think it's such a weird thing though like that that experience happened to me 
and I, I remember it, but I can't apply it to the next relationship that I had that ended. I can't like say the same thing about it because like I mm-hmm. remember that happening and I remember having that moment and like it, it coming all off me in that moment. And I can't just be like, hey, remember that time where you thought that thing and it helped and you just like let it go? Like just think that same thing about this one. It doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's probably some combination of, of time and, and all of that. Yeah. Tom, Tom, uh, it takes time to get over breakups. Uh, sure. Right now, I mean, I don't know if this girl wants me to talk about this on here. I mean, I, I, I'm talking to someone now that uh, I do enjoy being around. Yes. And uh, anytime that happens, though, in the back of my head, I, I think there's been several comedians that have made jokes about it. I want to say probably the worst person to bring up these days. Louis C.K. had a, a joke mm-hmm. where he's just like, <clears throat> you know, when you're about to start a relationship, you're, you just in the back of your head, you're just kind of like, oh, this is going to be really bad for me. Yeah. There's going to be a point where this is like, oh, this is the worst I've ever fucking felt in my life. Yes. Um, but it's like, I don't know that feeling's worth it. Basically, ultimately, most people just don't want to fucking be alone. Like, it's really what it boils. It feels good to be uh, desired by somebody. Yeah. It, it gives you, like, a purpose, it feels like. Um, it's, it makes things a little less depressing. I didn't go through depression. Uh, I, 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 I have clinical depression, like, and right. when I've been in relationships with it, for the most part, it goes away really i don't i don't have bouts of it really um and I, there's something to that it's weird uh but i mean obviously when i went through a breakup anytime i've done that it's obviously it yeah indisputably like fucking comes back but um yeah i don't know there's something to that it's weird yeah i i'm super picky uh especially about relationships i think i i've been um probably in two two long-term relationships only since uh since i slimmed up and became like my i guess what i would consider my second life like my actual adult yeah when i lost weight and became a, a different person more more uh feel like uh you uh you're more confident just over what like just way more uh it's a better life honestly it seems like you you have this confidence you uh you you, you want to get out of bed and do things you're more active you know yeah, see, here's a, here's a weird thing. And I'll say, like, if anyone's listening and you're thinking, like, if you're heavier and you're thinking about losing weight, I learned this well after the fact, and it's something that I should have applied. I wish I'd applied uh, as it happened. But someone told me that after you lose that amount of weight, it's highly recommended that you uh, start therapy, that you go to therapy, because you're going to have problems dealing with being someone that the world sees different you're going to be a different person almost like yeah so and that definitely happened to me and this is this is actually a weird way that uh this this fucked with me heavy that i lost a lot of weight and like a lot of women would tell me that they find me attractive now and it it almost it almost hurts more when there's like a girl that i'm into who doesn't like me now because it's like why why when i was fat i could write it off as like yeah i'm unfuckable i get it like you're not going to schlub around with a 340 pound guy yeah so now if someone doesn't like me i don't get it i can't understand yeah and it's like that's that brings me back to the kind of uh when you go through a breakup you do everything right kind of like it like this kind of has to do what you're talking about like yeah it makes you question your manhood like what the fuck are you doing wrong Instead of, like, it being, like, when you were bigger, you could chalk it up, like, well, she just doesn't like fat dudes, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, life was very simple when I was fat. It was just, like, whoever will have me, cool, like, this is great. Like, but you get, I, it's been such a strange ride for me where, like, every rejection or even, like, if I'm, if I'm with someone and it ends, you're just, like, shit, then it's, like, it's me as a person then. Like, it's not about it's not about yeah. like anymore it's that stings so much worse when yeah. it's like uh on a deeper level of like your personality is something they don't like right so i don't know that's that's been a weird thing that uh that i've dealt with and i think that's why i end up uh <laughs> perpetually single <laughs> per- perpetually single perpetually uh dating for one or two dates uh 
crazy, crazy girls or girls that are somewhat unhinged. So just damage people. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of drawn to that too. Like, uh, Every girl I've dated, uh, w- one thing we can always relate on is our crippling depression, our sure. anxiety. My anxiety, this is interesting to bring up, my anxiety has uh, turned women away from me before. Mm. Um, I don't want to go into details because, you know, it's not fair to the women that I dated to like bring them up. I'll just say that there have been women that uh, have brought it up and been like, you know, I know you can't help it but you gotta like you gotta find a way to manage it because it makes me sad to watch right and it really you know i've 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 response that was like basically you shouldn't feel that way like i'm not sad about it i'm just used it's just who i am yeah um like for example i went on uh i brought a ex of mine to a comedy show i did once Mm -hmm. and everything she told me was right for 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 the record, before I say this, um, I was doing this show. I was already nervous. You know, she was my new girlfriend. She she came. She brought her friends. I'm already a little nervous. I don't want to bomb it from my girlfriend. Right. Um, and on top of that, a couple buddies from high school came. One who gets drunk and is an idiot, and uh, I don't really hang out with that much anymore. He's a bit yeah. racist. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just all these things, and like he he just breaks my balls constantly. It's like this just all these people in one room together while I have to do comedy. I had anxiety pretty bad about it. Right. And I was telling her, like, uh, when we left, I was like, man, I just wanted this show to fucking be over the whole time. And she was just sitting there trying to, you know, cheer me up. She was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I did fine. Right. And she was just like, uh, sent me a text like the next day. She was like, like, when you said that you wish it could have just been over, that made me sad and feel bad for you because you should be enjoying that and not like, overanalyzing somebody that doesn't fucking matter's opinion about you. Um, like she was like, really like when you think about it, what were you really, uh, worried about? Yeah. You know, she's like, I like you if you bomb, like, I don't care. And it's just like, yeah, she's right. Uh, it's just a mental thing. I, I, I honestly need medication for, <laughs> like, I, 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 I have to do something about that. But I, I use this phrase. This was the, 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 the bad breakup that I was talking about earlier, which you and any of the comedians from Birmingham who hear this podcast will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and I, I don't like bring them up because I don't like to bring, uh, drag their shit through the mud or whatever. But she said a thing to me one time that honestly like kind of changed my adult life. I, uh, I still saw myself kind of as a fat kid and I was always like... I'm I'm very self-deprecating. My humor is very self-deprecating. Uh, yes, you talked about this last night a little bit, um, and that's just kind of my general. It's very know. endearing. Yeah, though. it's like uh, I'm kind of like all shucks, like all yeah. shucks. I'm awful. Sorry, you you, I'm you like uh, it rolls off of you. Yeah, like you 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 can uh, you can take a joke. Like you yes. can take ball busting. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good. Like because. I mean, me personally, when I do it, it's out of love. Yeah, I, that's, I, yeah. That's, that's most. Confused. And you, it rolls off of you like yeah. you don't get upset about it. And so I have this, I have this demeanor that I think people like about me. And I didn't even realize it at the time where I'll have like the biggest smile on my face, but I'll be saying something like truly awful about myself, yeah. and, like looking at the ground. So it's like this. There's this weird like dichotomy of he's smiling and like he's got this nice smile and he's telling you like what an awful garbage human being is. Right. And so I would say these things about myself sometimes around her and like she would literally like grab me by the collar and she would say like stop talking shit about the man I fell in love with. And I still like we I don't I don't talk to this woman anymore. There's not there's not any relationship at all, but the fact that she kind of brought that phrase into my existence and I still think about that it's like no, she's right. Like this this girl could have chosen anyone. She really could have picked Anybody that she wanted to spend that time with, that period in her life. I can, just, yeah, and I can vouch for that. Like, she could have had anybody she wanted. Yeah, um, in, in this transition period and, and the time that she chose to speak with with someone that she, like, she could have picked any comedian. She could have picked any of the people that she chose. Uh, she could have had her pick of the litter, and right. she picked me. Right. And... Like that still sticks with me to that day. Like, okay, you're not that bad. Like, stop. No, being yeah. On yourself. It's just it kind of goes back to what I said. Like, uh, you're not for everybody. Nobody is. You know, nobody's. Right. But there's like, 
enough people to where it like it counts for something like that you know so, honestly the way i look at it is like i am confident enough in myself to know that i'm a cool person yeah um, and that i'm funny and i mean honestly and this sounds cliche and stupid uh like like pseudo fucking uh positivity bullshit but uh i just if it's somebody that doesn't like me they're not cool then honestly the way i feel about it that it, it, it sounds like bullshit but like i legitimately feel that way like uh Unless it's a legit reason, like I fucked you over or something right. in the past, then that that's fair. But yeah. if it's just because, uh, just for no fucking reason, then yeah, fuck you. You're not worth my. You can't waste your time on people that have that don't want anything to do with you. Frankly, um, and I think that's important to remember. I also, it, it's such a strange thing to me because I have this. Uh, I don't know. I I have this almost like caretaker complex like when i'm in a relationship with someone i i feel like i have to uh nurture them like i can't be with a girl who doesn't like being spoiled for some reason like yeah there's and there's lots of girls like that now they're like i don't want you to oh yeah shit um like that i understand that, that too makes uh feel weird makes them feel uncomfortable yeah i've you know I've, even if they're in a relationship they're just like i don't like when people do that i felt really embarrassed before like i got uh an ex uh some flowers once right and she just did not take that well and i'm like oh, that's embarrassing but also like that's that would make me uncomfortable if i wasn't feeling you know like uh I wasn't mad about it. I was more embarrassed and just like, ah, oh, fuck, I wish I would have not done that. <laughs> yeah, I... You just you never know unless you try. I do that. Th- like, that's actually... My, even if, I, if, if I'm not even dating a girl and I'm not even romantically linked with them in any way, I still... Like, there's... I get some sort of, like, weird rush from... Even if there's a girl that I'm just friends with and I think she's cute, and I'm like do you mind if I send you something? And she's like, yeah, no, that's fine. And I, yeah. and I get to do that. Like, I like it for some reason. It's like, we had a mean. moment, even if we're not going to be together, like it makes you feel like a, it's a real genuine, like no strings attached. Like there's no ulterior motive to like, you're not trying to have sex with her or anything. Yeah. It's just a genuine, like, I like you, but like, yeah. you know, like let's here. I just want to do this. Cause I like you. Uh, it's just that it's a, it's a genuine, uh, uh, gesture like there's no like there's no ulterior motive or anything i guess for some reason with me it's it's a level of acceptance because i feel like there's so many guys that if if they ask that girl the same question like do you is it okay if i send you this thing and they say they would say no they're like i no that i don't need that don't do that yeah yeah or they would like you know and on a on a micro level, like if you're at a bar with a girl, and you offer to buy her a drink, even if it goes nowhere, if she accepts the drink from you, then on some level, uh, I mean, maybe she just wanted a drink, but she's not. Most girls aren't going to take a drink from someone that they have absolutely no interest in. It's not right. Gonna be like if a weird, like creep, gross guy comes up to them and offers them a drink, they're just going to be like, no, I'd, I'd rat. Like, no, I'm fine. Don't. No, thank you. Right. And so I think it's just like a bigger level of that for me for some reason. I was gonna I was gonna tell this story because you liked it last night, and I don't know if you'll end up using it from uh, last night's podcast. I'm gonna go ahead and say this honestly. I'm gonna re-listen to it, but I'm probably not gonna use it okay. honestly. I think this is for sure gonna go up. So cool. I mean, you can go ahead and tell it. So this was this was your favorite uh, story, and like the one that was the genesis of you deciding that we should do the podcast last night was uh, I do a joke on stage where I say I need I need a bad bitch. My type is a bad bitch. I'm talking about the type of broad with a big-ass tattoo on her arm of a child she no longer has custody of. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was telling you that it was, a, it was based on a true story of a girl back in my hometown in Mississippi who I was hanging out with. Uh, we went to the river, and she had three children already. Her first two children... She had giant sleeves of their faces as, as babies, like fucking a giant baby face tattoo where their name is like old English script and shit. Like they were, yeah. <laughs> they were awful tattoos, by the way. Like they were, yeah, it sounds like it. And so each arm, each child had an arm dedicated to it. And I guess she ran. I don't know where the fucking third kid was tattooed on her or if it was. I didn't see it. And... I was hanging out with her, and she was pregnant with a fourth kid. And this was going to be her fourth kid by three different dads. Uh, we're at the river. 
she's very pregnant. I don't mean like she just took a pregnancy test and it came back positive. I mean like while we were talking, I think the baby crowned. Like she was, she was very, very, very <sighs> pregnant. <laughs> And she was like hammering Newports. She smoked. She smoked like two and a half packs of Newports. While we were sitting there talking, Newports to get associated with shitty people too. But they're expensive. They're like they're yeah. quite like grade A cigarettes, you know. Yes. But anyway, it's not the point. So well, she. I mean, I don't know who she sold her wick card to to afford Newports. <laughs> that's what she used to do, man. She would like buy groceries for people with her. Oh, WIC I believe card it. Get the cash for it. Um. So, we're down at the river. She's smoking while pregnant. And uh, her kid, the first kid that she had, was, like, shoveling rocks and acorns into his mouth while she wasn't watching. He's down by, like, the riverbed. The the river's (laughs) flowing pretty hard. Like, this child could have been swept away. It was, like, three at the time. It's eating fucking dirt and rocks. Jesus Christ. And she has not looked over at this child once. And I thought, like... You're gonna be. You're gonna have these giant sleeve tattoos of your children, and you're not even gonna have custody of it. Like your children are gonna get taken away one day. Right. And I thought that was just. I, I thought it would be hilarious if that happened, and I made a joke out of it. It's fucking funny. I like it. It's one of my favorites. I always like lead off with it because it's like a nice intro into. This is the type of shit I'm gonna be talking about on stage tonight. Right. It's just awful experiences that I've had with awful people in the South, mostly. So yeah. Or. I'll, up north, they love jokes like that. Like they, yeah, they're like around that shit a lot that, too. Like it's very relatable. That's their favorite thing, especially in Ohio. Like, yeah, Ohioans love my. Hey, I grew up in the South, and these are the shitty people that I knew in the South. And Ohioans, like, it's a different type of white trash there. Yeah, and I was super. It's more a lot of juggalos. There's that. Yeah, especially like in Marion. Like <laughs> if you go to yeah. Marion, Ohio, like. I was shocked by like how many rebel flags I see in Ohio. Oh yeah, I believe it. And I'm like, what the like, fuck? This is this just is straight not... up. This is straight up like to be racist. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just that's exactly you what you guys it is. aren't even southern. Like, there's no like you were. Ohio was Union. Like, why are do you have like? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's idiots. Yeah. Um, we're at about an hour now. Cool. Uh, I was gonna say, I think I know who the comedian is. We were eating at Saul's earlier. Mm. And oh boy! You mentioned this joke. No, no, not that. That you mentioned this joke that was really oh, funny. Okay, okay. I think I know who what comedian <laughs> it was. No, not the other thing. We're not. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would not do that. Uh, uh but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like I got you a show at the very end. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I was. I mean, it wasn't anything. It was just it's some piece of shit that did comedy like, like for two weeks basically. Yeah. It's not a comedian, but no. You brought this very funny joke. That uh, I think it was Ryan Oliver was the comedian. It could be. Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember him, but I don't know who the comedian was that made the joke. That seems like it was a be a Ryan joke. I want to say I've heard him say that, and I could be wrong if I am. If you're the comedian that told this joke, please let me know. It's very funny. Um, what was it again, though? Okay. Yeah, if any of you listen to this, like, let me know because it's been like it's been probably five or six years. Yeah, and, and it's I not think like about a this joke to this day. It's I'm not like, like a joke. Jo- it's like a. It's just a funny thing this guy said. That's just like such a weird thought. I don't even. I don't like body fluid jokes, but sure. this one's slate. It's very. Ha- it's a. It's it's a. Uh, yeah, cum jokes are hack, and except I like cum jokes. I think they're pretty funny. But and um, I I generally don't. But I love this one. This one's I still the best. Think one. about it to this day. Uh, there was a guy, we did a show in Auburn. Uh, this would have been like 2012. Yeah, that sounds 2013, right. 2013, some shit. Anyway, he was like, if I came all the cum I've ever come right now, it would be a problem. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about there would be a little bit of cum over in the corner. I mean, we'd be standing up on chairs. <laughs> the fire department would They'd have to. have to call the fire department to come rescue us. It's and very I laugh so fucking hard. It's so simple and just like it's just it's not a joke. It's just a funny thing. It's a funny thought. It's funny. It's it's. A I story. love cum jokes. It's a though. it's a comedian's joke, and I, yes. the reason that I think it's a comedian's joke is because as a comedian, I know exactly how that joke was written. This yeah. guy had just jerked off, mm-hmm. and he was looking at his in in his weird like post post uh, post coital not even coital. Post jack off depression yeah. bliss mixture thing that everyone has like this, yeah. it's like what the fuck am I doing with my life and then you just see all this mess that you have to clean up 
And then he's sitting and thinking about the depressing nature of like, how how many hours have how I much spent time have jacking I spent? off, and how much fluid have I just spilled into Randall? Like, right. And like as a comedian, I know the exact moment that he wrote this joke. He jerked off. This happened, and he was like, "Man, eh, this is a joke now." That's fucking hilarious. But anyway, do you have any like thing to plug or anything? Uh, I got an album coming out um, early next month. I, I recorded a comedy album. Uh, I recorded in a hot bar on a Thursday night at like 11.30 p.m. with like 500 miles from my home. So like I didn't want to do it in a comedy club. I didn't even want to do it like in my hometown where I can like pop out the room with my people. I was like, I want to do this in a bar. I want it to be like every show I've ever done. Where I show up at a place, it's a hot bar. I hope the people like me. And I'm just going to do 30 minutes of my best material release it it's, it's a bar show you can hear like glasses breaking in the background at hell some point. yeah that's a show you can hear a little bit of like audience interaction sometimes like it's it's actually a great uh, listen i think for anybody who wants to listen to a comedy album that sounds like what 95 percent yeah it's what that sounds like but yeah check that out for sure uh, it's good having you all man you have the best stories i'm for sure gonna have to have you back whenever you're in town yeah, yeah you call in even i can do through the phone here down, man. Let me know. All right, man. This has been this has been fun. Y'all take it easy. Thanks for listening. See you.